Hello there, and welcome to episode 10 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And we're once again excited to be here uh, talking Star Wars with you. Uh, things have kind of have been winding down a little bit after the crazy months of November and December for Star Wars, but we're still here. We're still excited to talk Star Wars. And how, how are you doing this morning, Adam? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, things have definitely been winding down from Rise of Skywalker, but I've been I've been kind of ramping back up since last week on Star Wars stuff too. I've been reading comics and I've been watching TV and I've been doing all this other stuff. So uh, I'm uh I'm ready for a lot more Star Wars actually. Definitely. I mean, I'm all, I'm always ready for for more Star Wars. I mean, I don't often suffer from any kind of Star Wars fatigue or anything like that. I mean, every once in a while, yeah. I might take a little little break from it, but um, I always like to have my Star Wars fix. And and you know, with things like the Clone Wars coming up and a, and a few more uh, Disney Plus TV series yep. coming down the pipeline, I you know, I think we'll have some stuff to yeah wet our appetite some, until we get another movie in a few years so. we've got some clone wars news to talk about here in a little bit too we do we'll, we'll talk about that once we hit the news um yeah, yeah have you been watching or playing anything else in star wars this week other I, than what you mentioned i've been well i i re-watched the mandalorian from beginning to end back to back I, I, nice i kind of had nice. it on the background while i was working I, I i work at home so i was able to do mm-hmm. that which is kind of nice yeah, I was uh, kind of wondering what that experience would be like. I liked to watch it a lot. It that way. It, yeah, it, it feels it feels very cohesive, and mm-hmm. um, while I really really love the one episode a week uh, cadence that they have, and I, I want that to continue. Yeah, uh, watching it back to back definitely kind of pulls the whole thing together, and we'll talk we'll talk about that more in a little bit. That's going to be our reviews segment this week. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've been watching some Clone Wars, and I started reading. Uh, I've been reading a lot of comics the last couple of days too. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. all caught up on comics. Um, I I bought the new Star Wars number one. I haven't had a chance to read that yet, but I've been reading uh, some of the older series that, that I've been wanting to catch up on them. Getting ready to start Kanan, and then uh, uh, Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith uh, line. So. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. So yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely one I wanted to check out at some point. Yeah. So, uh, so what have you been watching, reading? I'm guessing playing too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been again still watching Clone Wars, getting ready for okay. the new okay. season, and um, where are you at? Where are you at there? Uh, just out of um, curiosity. I'm a few episodes into to season three where okay, okay. we were on Ryloth. Um, there was some some interesting stuff going on there. Um, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of some stuff with like the got into some political stuff a little bit with the Trade Federation and, yeah, and sure, uh, sure. stuff like that, which is pretty pretty interesting stuff. And um, yeah. you know, there's a lot to enjoy with the Clone Wars series. It, it's just there's some some beautiful stuff in it, the way that it's animated and um, and just some interesting storylines and, you know, a yeah. lot of the characters from the prequels that I, I enjoy. So I've definitely been enjoying that. And I know I've um, told you this a few times, but you're going to start getting into some pretty cool uh, light side, dark side stuff here in the next uh, probably, yeah, I mean, it, season or two. The Star Wars mythology stuff, yeah, you're gonna get it. The Force, the you know, the Jedi, the Sith. That stuff mm-hmm. is is what I love the most about Star Wars. So, yeah, there's some um, really good yeah. stuff in it later. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And um, 
speaking of that a little bit, I've been playing Fallen Order and um, yeah, finished you were my texting mission. me about it a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finished my mission on Kashyyyk mm-hmm. and then um, went to Ilum you got to that, you got that ninth sister taken care of. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that thing was a beast. Um, yes. And there's so much cool stuff in that game, like just riding oh, on yeah. that winged yeah. creature <laughs> um, mm-hmm. was awesome. And, you know, I also witnessed Order 66 from mm, Cal's yeah. perspective when he was, was a, a, a Padawan. That was a and, um, scene right there. It was. It was. I think it was, for me, the best moment of the game so far, just mm. emotionally and um, just, you know, playing the, the John Williams music that played during that oh, scene in yeah, Revenge of the yeah. Sith. Yeah. Um. So it all just added up to a really emotional moment in the game, which I, I enjoyed. And um, then I'm currently on Ilum trying to find my Kyber crystal to create, you know, kind of my own lightsaber. Um, okay. So I, I love this game. It's by far my favorite Star Wars game that I've ever played. Um, and you know, I'm just uh, and as as I've said now before, you... I'm. A, a oh, slow sorry. gamer so um yeah. i'm getting there but but I'm yeah really i mean it. there's no problem with that i mean that this right, is a game right. that is really really benefits from you taking your time and enjoying all the little details yeah. and, and everything that pops up um yeah, now, now you did get your visual dictionary right i did i got the yeah that's another thing i got the visual dictionary i've been uh reading some of that too did you uh did you get to the uh star killer parts um i I didn't yet, but okay. I, I think I think that I don't it has to be. It is. It's I confirmed. Think it, I think it, it yeah. has to be where Star Killer Base is. It is. Yeah. It, it's confirmed in in the Visual Dictionary. It was kind of a uh, like a rumor or a possibility for a few months, but then it's, it's right. definitely for sure uh, Ilum. Yeah, yeah. I was. I've been occupied thinking it. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As as I was playing the game, I was like, this has to be where where Star Killer Base was. So. Yep. Lots of cool connections and everything. So that's what I've been up to this week and still cool. enjoying my Star Wars time. Awesome. And are you ready to jump into our news segment? Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? So the first thing I'd like to talk about in the news this week is uh, the Rise of Skywalker box office in um, you know, I, th- I think there were a lot of people concerned after Solo um, underperforming at the box office. What would happen with this movie after, you know, the divisiveness of The Last Jedi, the performance of Solo, you know, would mm-hmm. what yeah. would we see with The Rise of Skywalker? Um, you know, I think it's been been pretty positive so far right now. We have the domestic gross at four hundred and seventeen million international at 423 for a worldwide total of 840 million right now and i think you know if when we tally it up after this weekend i think they could be pretty close to hitting that 1 billion mark yeah. um it's not quite getting there this weekend definitely close so yeah yeah probably not it, this week it's going to hit a billion right. uh, yeah it'll hit a billion which you know i mean there's only 40 40 some films in history that have that have hit that mark so right, you know right. it's definitely a box office success yeah um, star wars well, is not dead you know right i never thought it was going to hit force awakens numbers and i no, thought it no it's clo- never yeah i thought it would be close to the last jedi's um numbers which it might be but um yeah what are your thoughts on the yeah, box office? It's, it's it's gonna fall short of last jedi um yeah but I mean, it, it, it's a it's a box office hit. I mean, th- there's no other way to put it. It's just 
you know it's it's yeah it, it, the fans are, are uh, well here's here's the thing about the fans um i think the fans are on twitter uh, go back and forth and i think other than that <laughs> i think <laughs> the fans are pretty much positive about this movie yeah, I think I think overall, I mean, you I mean, know, at you, least you go outside of Twitter and you talk to people about this, and you're going to have people that tell you that they really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Twitter is just a breeding ground for just like it, it, Twitter neg- can, negativity. Yeah. Twitter can just be um, accessible. It can be, um, but yeah, I mean, general reactions from people, uh, you know, I've spoken to really enjoy the movie yeah, and yeah and obviously that rotten tomatoes audience scores is, is up there in the now in you the went with your family last week right yeah i went with my mom and okay. her boyfriend mm-hmm. yeah did you, how did they come out of it they really liked it yes, yeah my mom yeah. loved it and you know so i think it's... i'm i think i'm going with my mom uh the next couple of days here um, yeah but i fully expect that she's gonna like it Right. You know, uh, even even some of the friends that we with and went with that can be pretty critical. Movies came out mm-hmm. saying that they enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It, it's a fun, enjoyable movie, and I think that it is. I think that it the is. fans I mean, as a whole, outside of Twitter, are enjoying this thing. Yeah, I think Star Wars is just one of those franchises, that, and it's not like any other really, because you know you you're going across multiple generations of you know for the past forty two years of star Wars fans that are coming at it from different angles. Some mm-hmm. fans want it, people are really invested in this story. It's become more of a, a yeah, religion and... or a part of their you know life. And I, I think when, especially those fans that really dig deep into this stuff and, and want a certain thing, you know, the reactions can be what they are whenever that thing doesn't end up being what they thought, you know? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are, take uh, ownership of these movies that they don't yeah. have. Right. And uh a lot of them forget that these are not movies for us anymore and we uh, but right. you know these are movies we, yeah. for a different demographic that really isn't them and Mhm. So, that's a very good point. Um and I know you had um a news article that you wanted to share about some possible casting. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. Okay. And I, I, this, you kind of have to read into this, and, you know, media outlets, like they always do, have been reading into this. Uh, but there has been some uh, casting put out uh, from Disney, and one of them is looking for an eight-year-old blonde hair, blue-eyed boy, <laughs> and an eight-year-old brunette, brown-eyed mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. Um... So of course, when I read that, I immediately thought Luke and Leia. Yeah, that that would that would be my first guess too. And a lot of people are kind of putting this in with the Obi Wan series because uh, I guess that that one has is uh, eight years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, so it kind of lines yeah, up. Yeah, so right? that would that would be the right age. Um, and you know, like one I thing I said, that kind of threw me reading, off with yeah, like I said, there's some reading into that, and yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, it, it seemed to suggest that it was a feature film, um, right? From what from what I read, um, but but I think this has got to be the the Obi Wan series, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I fell in with too. Like like I said, a lot of people were a lot of media play or blogs or whatever are reporting that this is Luke and Leia, but you have to read into that. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, because I mean, it could be other other kids and something else who knows um mm-hmm. but yeah. 
but I, my first reaction was Luke and Leia and, you know, I would love to see a young Luke and Leia in the Obi-Wan series. You know, I'd love to see, um, you know, some familiar characters in, in that show, even thinking mm-hmm. like Bail Organa, you know, for example, as a character I'd like to, to see or, um, Owen Lars, you know, or Baru, um, some of those characters pop up in this, in this series. Yeah. So I think that would be pretty, pretty neat. Okay. So moving on, um, our next news for this week comes from star Wars Newsnet, And it is about the possibility of a sequel series, um, to star Wars rebels. Um, and the, and, and this is a rumor. So, um, you know, we, this isn't confirmed or anything. So keep that in mind. Um, but, this source says what we've heard is that the Star Wars Rebels sequel show is in development um, and is set for 2020, actually. So by the end of the, this year. Okay. And um, it goes on to say, you know, it won't be called Star Wars Rebels, of course, but it will continue the story of Ahsoka um, and, you know, searching for Ezra and, and Thrawn might be involved as well. Um, so. I have to say, I'm really excited about this possibility. I hope this is true. Um, I think, you know, even though Dave Filoni is working on live action with the Mandalorian, I think he'll still continue to develop animated series. And I know, oh, yeah, he, for sure. I know he wants to continue Ahsoka's story and, mm-hmm. and Ezra's story. And um, I, for me, you know, right now I'm enjoying Clone Wars and everything, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it by the end. But right now, Star Wars Rebels is my favorite animated show of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, uh, I, I just love that. it. I, I think that it, it feels so much like star Wars and it yeah. expands on the mythology of the, of the force. It, it gets into the, the whole rebellion against the empire, which I love that stuff in that era of storytelling. Um, I think just having this crew on this ship and, you know, a couple of them are Jedi, but it just, it, it feels like, star wars to me um yeah and I, yeah I loved it so i'd love to see a continuation how do you feel about this possibility uh i i'm i'm hopeful i don't want to get my hopes off because sure, I, sure i would be very excited for it uh yeah and and the possibility that it's out there you know that's that's very exciting too um and, and the fact that it's coming this year uh is even more exciting uh, right I think Definitely. that I think that it was uh, kind of in, inevitable that something would happen, uh, just because yeah. of how Rebels ends. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of room left there, uh, you know, with what happened with Ezra and, like you said, continuing Ahsoka's storyline and Sabine, for that matter. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited that that the continuation of that story would still be animated because i think that that fits the best so yeah definitely. hopefully it's true hopefully this does happen and if it happens this year that's an even it's an even bigger plus for me yeah a, a plus on disney plus yeah <laughs> um pun, pun not intended pun yeah it might have been intended um <laughs> well you know i yeah we don't want to get our hopes up because it may or may not be true so we'll see yeah, what happens yeah, but i'm yeah. um, continuing with some animation news did you want to tell us about clone wars yeah we have a date for clone wars uh, for the new season of clone wars and that's going to be february 17th so we're nice it's about a month and a half away from some new clone wars um, yeah, so i want to ask I, you, to... I don't know 
I don't know if this has been mentioned anywhere. Um, is this going to be a full season drop, kind of like they do with uh, different shows, or do you think this is going to be a one episode a week thing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so we know it's going to be twelve episodes. Yeah. Um, I do not know. I don't. We don't know yet if they're okay. going to I drop them all. That, I didn't know if um, that had been said anywhere. I don't know what I, I want. I kind of hope they. I, I don't know what I want them to do. I. I, I kind of want it preference? to be weekly. Yeah. yeah I would um, mind just it. because I, I like the discussion that can come out yeah, of. Yeah. I think it benefits this show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Our our podcasting. Um. To have <laughs> it one once a week as well. So I'm kind of yeah. leaning towards towards that. Um. Of course, I would accept some binge watching and speaking of binge watching, I need to start binge watching the clone Wars so I can get caught up in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it's coming up pretty quick here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to where you are. I think I've been doing a chronological watch through and, uh, right. I'm, I think I'm pretty close to season three. Yeah. So, yeah. So the good news is they're like 20 some minute episodes. So, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can watch like three in, in an hour pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, this makes me think of a question I, I have, and that is talking about animation, animated series. What is an animated series that you would like to see in Star Wars that hasn't been done yet? Old Republic, something. Old Republic. That would be that would be cool. Yeah. See, I'd like to see I'd like to see live action with Old Republic. I mean, you could do both, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but for me. I think I feel, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier this week or last week. I, I think what I really need, really want to see, is an animated series set during the time when Luke had his was training the new the new generation of Jedi and established his okay. Jedi Temple. Okay. And just I think there's a lot of storytelling that could happen there. And and you're not you don't want to necessarily you're you're not going to get Mark Hamill to do it, you know, oh, in live well, action. Yeah. And and no, I don't know about. Not. He might voice the character, though. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, and I don't know about like recasting because we saw that with Solo, where you know people didn't have a great reaction to. Well, the tough thing about recasting is it's so close to what happens in seven and eight. Like it's only five or six years apart. Right. So finding someone to so, take that role and you know kind of make it look because I mean even with Solo, you're dealing with like different ages there, so it's kind of more understandable. Right. Right. So I, um, so I think I'd love to see an animated yeah, series set sense, in that yeah. time. Um, you know, with Luke training Ben and some other Jedi, with you know Snoke kind of <clears throat> starting to manipulate Ben and and mm-hmm. his turn to the dark side, and then you could throw the Knights of Ren in there. I think I think you could have a lot of a lot of really cool stuff. So, right, right. um, I hope we'll see something like that someday. But um, yeah, but that that is our news for this week and. We are ready to head into our reviews segment. So, Adam, let's punch it to the reviews. My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. Okay, our reviews this week is going to focus solely on The Mandalorian. And first, what we're going to do is kind of talk, since we haven't talked about Episode Eight in detail yet, uh, we're going to circle around to Episode Eight first, and then we'll kind of talk about the first season as a whole and how it all fit together uh once it was all said and done so episode eight josh kicks off with uh, a couple scout troopers mm-hmm. yeah uh voiced <clears throat> well played by uh um, jason sudeikis and uh, adam pally and 
I enjoyed the heck out of this scene. Uh, yeah. I, I laughed and I laughed again when I watched it back a second and third time. Um, yeah, it's really it well re executed, yeah. really funny. Really well written. I love mm -hmm. <laughs> I love kind of their frustration with how uh, Gideon is, is killing his own men. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really funny. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole, you know, I get that point. Do you get that point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really well, really well written. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I think there's probably a new a new villain in, in the star Wars universe based on know, the, right? the, the punching of baby Yoda <laughs> while he was in that bag. That was rough. That was rough, but man, it was, mm. uh, I, I laughed the whole way through to be honest with you. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what this yeah. says about me at a subconscious level, I guess, but <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was, uh, it was then, a great opening. Yeah. And then they go, then we go into the whole, you know, uh, aiming thing. They get frustrated. So they just start trying to do some target practice and they can't hit their, <laughs> can't hit target. anything yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh so it kind of just a really fun opening there kind of mm -hmm. that's uh that picks up straight where we left off from from seven uh with them capturing the baby yeah seven leads very seamlessly and very nicely into to episode eight mm -hmm. um and, and it's just like it's like in, in those last two episodes we're really in the the main the main storyline here where you know we had a, a few like side kind of like i called them side missions going on in the previous episodes yeah. but seven and eight are really really focused yeah so then uh still in the same scene I, ig11 shows up and he's uh you know been reprogrammed since episode seven and he's now the nurse droid uh kind of a a uh <laughs> an extreme nurse droid i guess <laughs> because... <laughs> i think the way the way that they play him as a nurse droid throughout the episode not only with with baby yoda or the child um but with the mandalorian as well i think was really really well done um, yeah yeah they really it's... take advantage of, of of him being a nurse now so. yeah, they, they really do um yeah and that kind of kind of ties into uh, so episode eight is called uh, the redemption mm -hmm. um you know part of that i think can be attributed to ig11 yeah, definitely. We'll, you know, we'll kind of circle back to that later, but you know, mm -hmm. even just at the beginning, it's kind of talking about his redemption. Yep, absolutely. Um, anything? Any other thoughts you you think the title might tie into? No, I mean that that was the that was the main thing I thought of in in terms of in terms okay. of redemption. I think he's that character possibly. Uh, and then we go back to the to the bar scene. Uh, um, Cardoon. Uh, we we find out the. Mandalorian's name is actually Dinjarik, mm -hmm. uh, Dinjarin, uh, which was talked about before in a, a Pedro Pascal interview. That's that's for right. real now, and uh, yeah, and uh, Grief Karga, they're still pinned down, and we also discover that uh, Cara Dune is from Alderaan. Alderaan, actually. yeah, right, yeah. Uh, that was an interesting, interesting little yeah. fun fact. Yep, and he actually says her full name, and I'd have to look and yeah. see what it is, but it's yeah. It's, it's 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 not Cara Dune. It's like Cara Cynthia or something like that. Cynthia Cara yeah, Cynthia Dune or yeah, something yeah, like some, that. Yeah. Something to that effect. That's, yeah, that's yeah. probably not one hundred percent accurate, but that no, probably just not. Going but, from memory. Yeah. So they they're they're still pinned down and uh, they're trying to get into the sewers to get out of this uh, this bar that they're stuck in. 
uh, but they can't get the, the uh, this the... was kind of a great standoff scene, like a great, yeah. like, kind of Western yeah. standoff type thing. And yeah, I think, definitely. And, and Moff Gideon is just played incredibly by Giancarlo Esposito. I think oh, yeah. he, love him as just a character. Fantastic mm-hmm. villain. Um, you know, very, very measured, very cool, calm and collected. That's the thing. If you could take, panic. Yeah, if <laughs> you just... could take Gus Fring out of Breaking Bad and make him a moth, that's exactly what he does. Yeah, does. that's it. That's it. So awesome. Yeah. So uh, he, he kind of uh, he gives him a, an ultimatum uh, that you know, he tells him uh, this is some of the dialogue here was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he, he's basically trying to get them to come out and, you know, uh, grief at one point asks, you know, uh, more or less, can we trust you? And he flat out just says no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if I have the yeah. chance, I will kill you. But right now, right. Uh, it's more beneficial for me to have you guys alive. Yeah. But I loved it. I mean, that was, you know, not something you always hear out of a bad guy. So I, I think that mm-hmm. was a really great section of the dialogue there. Definitely. Okay, so at, at this point we get a uh, flashback, and this is kind of where we get more of uh, of Din's backstory here. Yeah, the, the 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 bits and pieces that we've been getting throughout the season kind of come together completely mm-hmm. here, and we see the the whole um, flashback scene. So it's interesting then uh, that he is actually rescued by a group of Mandalorians, and they're actually wearing the Death Watch symbol. Oh, I didn't notice that. <clears throat> yeah, so if you if you're familiar with Clone Wars and Rebels even, um Death Watch is a group of Mandalorians that have kind of been almost this, kind of had a, an interesting history uh and, and Clone Wars are almost portrayed as like a uh almost like a terrorist cell. Mhm. And Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of extremists, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's, their their symbols kind of this ragged, almost looks like a W type, uh, type you know. Mm-hmm. And if you look uh, on the on their pauldrons in in this scene, uh, they are they do wear that that same symbol. Nice. I'll have to look for that next time I watch it. Yeah. Okay. So back. Uh, so after the uh, the flashback scene ends, we're kind of back at the bar, and this is where the showdown kind of uh, blows up a little bit. So IG-11 arrives uh, with the child, and I I really loved how he's kind of protecting the child at the same time as blowing everything up. Yeah, definitely. Because he kind of, and the advantages, I guess, of being a droid, uh, is he kind of puts the child behind him, but then flips everything Mm -hmm. around so he can still face forward and shoot, but still protect the child as he's on his back. (laughs) So... Yeah, so um, at this point he's become both an, a nurse and a kind of a mm-hmm. yeah hunter at the same time. But then uh, IG Eleven kind of gives Cardoon and you know, Grief and uh, Din the opportunity to get out of the bar and mm-hmm. kind of make a stand. Uh, but in the process, uh, Din Jarn is injured pretty bad. Uh, there's a there's an e-web and in kind of the the fuel container that or or plasma container or whatever it is that fills that thing um uh Moff Gideon shoots that and kind of blows Dinjarin back and finds out that we find out that he's actually seriously hurt yeah and i i love how in this scene 
as as there's blaster fire going on all around moff gideon again just cool calm collected just standing there and then he mm-hmm. he aims and fires at that thing and um just just the way that he plays that yeah yeah was, for sure it was great so uh, moff gideon calls in the flame trooper which that guy was pretty cool to, to look yeah at. that was cool that was um, cool and then we get some more we were wondering, you know, is, is, is baby Yoda, is the child going to use the force again, you know? Yeah. And, and originally and you gonna, think that he's going to heal. I th- thought he might heal yep. the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but then he ends up using the force in a different way. Yeah. He actually uses the force to protect, uh, the group from the flames of the, uh, flame trooper. Mm-hmm. And he kind of dispatches the flame trooper as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of turns that those flames back on him and, you know, gets rid of that threat. Uh, but that also then means that he's exhausted at that point and he can't use the force to heal. Uh, right. Jarn, right. So. Exactly. Uh, but we still luckily have a nurse droid who's able to get them into the sewer. And then uh, IG 11 hangs back and we get our first look at Dinjarn under the helmet. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was interesting how, <clears throat> you know, in the first episode we, we had a situation where, you know, IG-11 was determined that it was all over and he had to, to self-destruct and, and Mandalorian kept saying like, no, I need you, you know, you need to, you need to don't self-destruct, you know, mm-hmm. we, you can, you can get through this and everything. And then we almost had the reverse situation here um, where yeah. the Mandalorian is like, oh, you guys got to leave me, you know, it's, I'm done, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, yeah. and now IG-11 is, is kind of there and, and saying, no, you know, yeah, I can, I can heal you, you know, you can make it out of here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I liked that. Yeah, me too. Uh a lot. Uh so uh, it's, it's it's really interesting that IG11 is the one that takes the helmet off and I I, I think mm-hmm. that yeah, cuz he's not a living he's thing. He's not a living thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um I did think that maybe that that was a, t- a tad bit cheesy, I guess. <laughs> so, a little bit, but, but it was it was know, a I've... nice full circle thing, and it kind of you know because we know that um, Din Jaren has an extreme distrust of droids, right? And it was kind of poetic that that happened in that way. It was, and <clears throat> you know, I think the whole season we were wondering is, or, you know, is is he going to take his helmet off in some way, and um. You know, I, th- I think I had a feeling that yeah, that was going to happen, and and it did, and I, I liked the way it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so IG Eleven has a back to spray, and he sprays uh, in Jarn to to heal him in a few hours. He says, uh, mm-hmm. and then he kind of makes a nice little joke. <laughs> His central processing unit has been damaged. Right, and he's like, "You mean my brain?" <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, so good, good bit of humor there again. Uh huh. Humor in the show has been on point the whole season. Oh really? Yeah, definitely on on point. Yeah, Star Wars humor. You know, I like I like the humor in this. So in this show, yeah. So we're down in the uh, sewers now, and uh, this is where the Mandalorian hideout was. And uh, we find out that they're actually mostly no more. Uh, yeah, a pile of armor there, helmets mm-hmm. and pauldrons and chest plates and everything, and they have been slaughtered for the most part. Right. Uh, there's a possibility that possibly that some of them may have gotten out, um, mm-hmm. but then uh, the armorer is still alive, and she's actually cleaning all this up. 
Yeah, I mean, I found it interesting that, you know, the choice that the Mandalorians made in, in episode three to kind of expose themselves to, um, right. you know, kind of to that that town. And but they were doing it for, you know, the, the Mandalorian and, and to allow him to escape. Um, but that choice carried some consequences with it, you know, um, and the, it sounds like the the Empire came in and or some Imperials came in and, and, and took them out. Right. Uh, some pretty significant things here happen with the armor. Then, um, mm-hmm. Din wants to stay, and he feels that his duty is here to, you know, kind of clean this mess up. Uh, the armor tells him that that you know he he needs to go. He actually needs actually his first priority is his, is his uh, foundling, uh, which is kind of a cool, um, like a, you know again kind of a cool poetic moment that now. Din, as a foundling himself, now has a foundling to take care of, uh, which is, you know, the child. Right, and uh, yeah, I think it it brings all that full circle. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, for, from the, earlier in the season, I think we both kind of talked about how, because he was an orphan, um, a, a foundling, you know, that's why he had that attachment to the child, you know, and um, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, that, and now his priority is to you know, reunite the the child with his own species, or you know, um, right. And until that point, he's basically the child's father, right? You know, yeah. um. So I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get uh, some cool dialogue here about uh the the Jedi Mandalorian Wars. Um, they they kind of describe what the child can do and the armor mm-hmm. and kind of gives uh, some backstory on that, that that she's familiar with that type of uh, ability uh, which is something that they encountered when they fought the jedi yeah yeah i still i still think it's a little questionable for me that these characters aren't familiar with the force um you know i was just thinking be- about that and it led me to it led me to this is kind of a deep discussion, but it led me mm-hmm. to um World War Two and Holocaust uh yeah. denials. And the interesting thing about that is that you know, you think of Holocaust denial as a recent thing of uh, you think of that as a recent type thing, I guess. Yeah. Because we're so far removed from that. Right. But that mindset actually started almost immediately after the war. That's interesting. And some of it was kind of uh, like propaganda, you know, uh, like there was some of it was a cover up. Mm-hmm. Some of it, uh, you know, was just just denial, flat out denial. Um, right. But it kind of led me back to that. And, and so you look at what's happening in, in the uh, galaxy here. You know, we've had a, a reign of the Empire, which would. Mm-hmm. Try to diminish the role of the Jedi and uh, you know, turn them into, you know, the uh, I, I don't want to say terrorists. That's not, but that's kind of where Palpatine would have taken that narrative, I guess. Yeah. And so I, th- I, you know, I, th- I think with that forced propaganda, and then you know, with, with kind of the nature of how that stuff works, I'm kind of accepting that, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I I did just think about the fact that, like, basically the Jedi were down to Yoda and and Obi-Wan who were in hiding, 
Um, mm-hmm. And then Luke kind of being the, the last Jedi. Um, and so, you know, it's quite, it's, it's possible that not that many people in the galaxy were aware of, yeah, of, but, of what but, was going but on I do there. get, I do get what you're saying there because that's, yeah. you know, you, you have to, I don't want to say some of that's a leap to, to believe in, but you know, there is some, um, there is some pretty heavy critical thinking that goes on there to accept that, that, you know, the Jedi are, are a myth now. It's even so short, uh, right. After even so the events of Jedi, you know, Jedi. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was my own. Kind of one of my one, yeah. I don't want to say complaints, but just no, I, I get it. I get it. It, it was it was yeah. curious to me that they made that choice to, yeah. You know, these characters don't have much knowledge about the the Force or the you know the Jedi or anything. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, then Jaren actually gets his sigil here too, uh, which uh, becomes the Mudhorn uh, because mm-hmm. in, in an episode. Uh, Three, I believe, uh, he rejects the mudhorn as a sigil because he was helped by at that time he says an enemy. Right, right. Yeah, but you know that, you know, they're not enemies, and uh, they've come to accept that, I guess. Yeah, and that might be that might be the the event that really brought those two characters together, and yeah, um, yeah kind of sealed their and, their and, and sealed their get, yeah 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 yeah. So that's. I, I like that. that and uh, that, that being the the sigil. Yeah, and the uh, the, the Mandalorian. Uh, well, the uh, I'm sorry, the armor uh, now says that they are a clan of two. So this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. this is uh, Din Djarin's new clan. Yep. It's him and the child. Yep. Uh, and then the armor has one more gift, and that's the uh, she calls it the Rising Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Which is the jetpack that we're. Yeah. So he he gets his jetpack, which we're used to. He he uses a little bit later in this episode, right? So they they go kind of deeper into the sewers into this uh, molten lake because you know we know that uh, it, uh, the this planet's name is um yeah I'm having a tough time remembering yeah that. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering it as well. Sorgan is the one that they went to in episode four. That was the farming planet. Mm-hmm. Was it was it was it Davar Davaro? Navarro, um, N- Navarro maybe. Yeah, something or like something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. This is the plan that kind of looked like it was you know cold molten uh, cold lava yeah. on the outside. Yeah, and, you know that's actually what it was. This is a yeah. volcanic planet because the, there's a river of lava underneath the sewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to this river. Uh, they there's a ferry there with this. It looks like an R two unit, but it is definitely not an R two unit. Right, you kind of think at first that it's just a regular R two unit, but then as it wakes up, it kind of rises up, and you see that it has like these these legs that are attached to it and everything. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, pretty it, interesting. It has like an astromech head and, yeah. and body. Yeah, but right. It's terrifying once it stands up. So. Yeah, yeah. So it was something that somebody put together in that way for that purpose i guess <laughs> yeah so um you know one thing we did skip over here is the armor kind of has this really cool uh combat scene uh after they leave after they leave her she's uh, stormtroopers catch up to her and she dispatches of them all pretty handily right yeah yeah she, yeah she's uh she's pretty skilled a skilled fighter it looks like yeah so we'll i wonder if we'll some pretty uh awesome 
you know, shots of stormtrooper armor just shattering under her hammer. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of of Rogue One um with uh uh what's his character's name? Um Chirrut. Chirrut, yeah. When the way he was with fighting those, yeah, right. um the stormtroopers with his stick and everything and, and some of their armor was kind of shattering. I, I like I like how they did that. That was cool. Yeah. Uh so there's an end uh, so they're in this tunnel, uh at the end of the sewer, and there's an uh opening at the end of the tunnel and they think they're free. Uh but the Mando kinda does his little scan, X ray scan, mm-hmm. heat sensor heat scan or whatever. And uh Finds out that there's a there's a a whole legion of stormtroopers that are basically waiting for them out the door, and there's yeah. not much they can do. So, enter our redemption, and IG Eleven mm-hmm. uh, kind of knows what he has to do in bringing this whole season full circle from our very first episode. Uh, he finally gets. He to just self- wanted to self destruct the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he, he finally self destructs, and yes, there's some interesting like programming things that they talk about there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorian is actually. It's interesting how how far he's come here because he 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 he's trying to change IG11's mind. Like you know, this whole right. sacrifice thing, and doesn't really want that to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, he's he, actually he says grown that, kind of. It seems like he's become kind of fond of this yeah, droid, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, at least uh, knows they need him. You know, right, right. And so he he's telling him, you know, that his programming now as a nurse droid kind of mm-hmm. means that he has to be around to take care of Baby Yoda. And you know, IG Eleven says, you, "You tell me that he's going to be safe, and that'll fulfill my programming, and that means I can default back to my yeah. uh, manufactured programming, uh, right. which is that he can't be captured. He has to self destruct." Mm-hmm. So he kind of, you know, he gets out and he walks through the lava, which is just this, man, just this really uh, raw scene, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was really powerful. Yeah, and he gets outside and he does his self-destruct and clears the way, uh, you know, for their, for their ferry to, to get out in the, into the open, which is mm-hmm. uh, good and bad, because out in the opening, um TIE fighter uh, circles around, finds them, and that happens to be Moff Gideon. Yeah, I just want to say that I, I think the way they shot this and the, the stuff with the TIE fighter, I thought it was just excellent. I mean, it, it was one of my favorite moments from the whole season. Yeah, um, was, this was cinema quality this, special effects. Yeah, it was it was excellent. I think they they put a, a lot of the budget into that scene itself. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I really like the way that scene was was done. Yeah, so how that plays out, uh, you know, Mandalorian has the Rising Phoenix, the jetpack, and mm-hmm. this is the time to use it because he uses it and shoots himself up over top of the X, uh, over top of the uh, Tie Fighter, mm-hmm. and then uses his uh, his his um, grapple cable mm-hmm. to latch onto the Tie Fighter, and then you have this these couple seconds of him like riding the Tie Fighter <laughs> at the end of the ro- at the end of his grapple cable. Right, and then he uses the jetpack to shoot himself back and onto the Tie Fighter itself, which is just an incredible use of that stuff. Yeah, it was great action. It was yeah. just awesome, uh, awesome to watch. So then, his his primary goal there was to to use some of his uh, explosives, and he he blows the wing off of the Tie Fighter. Uh, tie Fighter, and then he 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 can get himself off. He uses the jetpack to kind of ease himself back to the ground. Mm-hmm. And Moff Gideon and the Tie Fighter kind of crashes off in the distance, uh, which 
I mean, I knew he wasn't dead. Right, yeah. And for me, this kind of led to what I felt, especially the first time watching it, I felt it was kind of an abrupt end where the character, uh, I think it was Grief mostly, who was like, okay, we're, we're good now. We can go back to oh, yeah. being used for the guild and... um Cara Dune, you're gonna you're gonna stay with me, and then mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just a, it was just a little abrupt of an, yeah, I can you know of, of of an end for for me anyway. I can see um, that. It, it, that would be my yeah, it kind of complaint. Yeah, the dialogue there kind of wrapped it up a, quick, a bit. You know, I guess yeah, a little quick, but I mean, for me it was okay. I didn't it didn't bother mm-hmm. me, but I can see what you mean there. Yeah. Uh, so there's some di- like I said, there's some dialogue there. Uh, Mandalorian is oh, Din Djarin is going. To, it's gonna be tough to switch my train of thought on calling him Din Djarin over Mando. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so he he, uh, he has kind of taken up the mantle of, you know, either returning this child to his to his people, which that's just an interesting concept right there. Yeah, yeah, because that might be a hard task because we don't yep. really know much about this species. And that's what, it, yeah, we didn't really say much about that, but uh, that mm-hmm. was uh, some dialogue with the, the armorer. Uh, you know, he has the choice. Well, he can either return him to his people or he can train him, and then, uh, you know, the child would then take the, uh, you know, the the oath or the, uh, right. you know, whatever they call that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think I, I part of me like I don't know part of me hopes that we do learn more about the species because Din Djarin does ask you know you know you know what what you know where do I take him you know yeah and the armor says that's for you to find out mm-hmm. that kind of leads me to believe that you know that is going to be kind of the objective here is to find out more about where he's from right yeah yeah it could go it could definitely go that way for season yeah. two, you know? Yeah. And, you know, part of me thinks that that might be kind of an arc throughout the whole show. You know, mm-hmm. To carry yeah, it through could be. multiple seasons. Right. Of this show. Uh, and part of me is kind of nervous about that because, you know, this species has always been shrouded in mystery. And... Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes when we get the answers to those mysteries, they're not as satisfying as, as the mystery itself. Mm-hmm. So and that was one thing that, you know, I've read before about the story grip, about, you know, the story group at Lucasfilm and how mm-hmm. this is always one of those things like this, the, this species is always one of those things that Lucas always wanted shrouded in mystery. And they've always kind of done that out of respect, you know, for him. Right. Right. So, it's going to be interesting to see where that all ends up, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely curious to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mando, Mando kind of, you know, takes up that responsibility. He says he's going to take care of the kid and mm-hmm. grief has an, a, a nice little line, you know, maybe, maybe he'll take care of you. Right. Which, you know, it's already kind of happened. A few yeah. Times. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Mando takes off and then, <laughs> We pan down to a wrecked Tie Fighter, and uh, and uh, Moff Gideon is definitely not dead. Uh, right. There are already Jawas picking this X Wing, <laughs> picking this Tie Fighter apart. I keep wanting to say X Wing for some reason. Um, right. Yeah, they were. They're uh, already there. I mean, this thing crashed like two minutes ago, <laughs> and they're already ready to scavenge this <laughs> out of nowhere. There's already Jawas that are just picking this mm-hmm. thing apart. Um. But then Moff Gideon cuts himself out of this TIE fighter. 
with the dark saber. With the dark saber, man. <laughs> which was awesome. I mean, it, it's one of those here, things. Like I said this last week, but like you start dealing about man with Mandalorians and with all this other stuff, and you start talking about the dark saber because that was such an important thing in in the uh, right in, in the shows and the animated shows. And you wonder how you know if they would even think about tying this in, and then all of a yeah. sudden there it is at the end of this episode. It's like yeah, I was I was genuinely surprised by this. I mean, I thought maybe we'd get a character from Rebels or Clone Wars, like a you know Bo Katan or you know uh-huh. somebody right. like that, um, you know, or even Sabine or somebody. But mm-hmm. we, we get the dark saber, which is just a direct tie into the Clone Wars and, and Rebels, and. Um, Somehow he managed to, you know, whether it was during the siege that he yeah, he yeah. took took this from Bo Katan or, or something. Um, I'm right, sure. Right. Hopefully, we'll get some more <clears throat> backstory into how he acquired the dark saber. Yeah, but yeah, um, you know, it really connects to Rebels and Clone Wars, and and I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's episode eight. Uh, and we wanted to talk a little bit about season one as a whole, and I mentioned mm-hmm. in the uh, in the intro uh, where we were, you know, I, I kind of took a a day at work and had that playing in the background just to kind of let it all play out, yeah, back to back to back. And I gotta say, when you watch this thing the whole way through like that, and it's not that long. I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's, no. it, it's long, but I mean, if you can sit through yeah. an extended edition of Lord of the Rings, you can sit through season one of this, yeah. Um. It all fits together really nicely, and I know that there was a lot of talk about filler episodes in this show, right? And every episode has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, episode one it just kicks everything off. You know, this is the bounty. Episode two, this was kind of the first one that was hailed as a filler episode. Yeah, um, and and you know, part of this maybe is a little bit, but then you get into the you know the scene with the mud horn and that has to happen because that becomes his sigil that it becomes there. It becomes very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't happen if those Jawas don't pick apart his ship while he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you move from there to going, to going back to Navarro and mm-hmm. you know, turning the child in to get his best car, but then getting the child back. Uh, but then, you know, then then he's on the run from the from the from the guild, and that leads into episode four, uh, where we go to Sorgan and have that our little adventure there. Mm-hmm. You know, but then we find I mean, out that he's not safe there at all. Uh, that the right, guild it's not is a still, sanctuary. Right, the guild yeah. is still after him, mm-hmm. and so that leads into episode five, uh, where the guild is still after him, and he gets into a shootout above Tatooine and has to crash mm-hmm. land there. Uh, and then has to take the job uh, with, uh, with the kid. I forget right. his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, takes the job with him, and then has to get has to get paid to fix a ship, uh, which he doesn't end up getting paid, and he has to you know, sp- literally give away every dime to his name to get back off mm-hmm. of Tatooine. Uh, and then that leads into he's broke, so he has to do mm-hmm. something to get money back. So he accepts that uh, that job. Uh, with, um, I, I can't think of their names either. But you know the 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 crew where he has to break yeah, out yeah. Uh, the the Twi'lek from uh from the prison on the New Republic ship, 
and then you know after that we lead back into the seven and eight. So it's like mm-hmm. everything ties together there. It's the, none of those yeah. episodes actually. They they have different stories and they don't always tie in to what's going on with the child, but it's always about what's happening to the Mandalorian as a whole through the whole season. Yeah, definitely. And I I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it in that way. And you know I I I felt from the as I was watching this season, I felt like, yeah, this is really a show that would benefit from binge watching, even, even though I love yeah, the yeah, week to week right. thing that we've talked about. Um, I think it would really be beneficial yeah. to watch it and in that way. So I think it does yeah. benefit from that. But like you said, I, mm-hmm. I, I still, I still really love the one episode a week and yeah, absolutely. I want that to continue. Uh, I don't want that to change, but like you said, it does tie in, you know really well uh, once you watch it all mm-hmm. back to back yeah and I, I think um looking at season one overall i think it was really important for the first um star wars live action show to be a hit and i think they really succeeded i think oh, it's a yeah. big hit yeah. i mean i think yeah. um it, it really star wars really needed that and um the fandom needed it i mean i think everybody <laughs> was united by baby yoda um, oh, yeah. no matter how you felt about some of the other movies and stuff like that. Um, and I think, you know, for me, the, I felt like episodes one, two, and three were very strong. Um, episode seven and eight for me were also very strong, you know, four, five, and, and six were while important, probably the, maybe the, if you want to say weakest episodes of the season, but I think they, they still, you know, served a, a purpose, um, even though they were kind of slight detours. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think that's how I feel about the season overall. I think it was yeah. and even really four, well five, done. And six, like I even if they it. weren't totally connected, they're still f- a lot of fun to watch. They're still good yeah. episodes. Yeah. You know, they're not definitely they're not bad TV by any means. No, not at all. You I know. mean, it's just you know, in, in getting to see this this bounty hunter in in action, um, in in kind of having those situations that he gets yeah. into. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, so I think overall season one was great. I think it was a big success and. You know, I think it was just, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, definitely. Totally agreed. So any other thoughts on The Mandalorian? No, uh, I'm, we got a fun little uh, point of view segment here. I'm ready to get into that. All right, let's I've... get into our points of view for this week. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like I like I just mentioned in the uh, at the end of the reviews there, we got a fun segment here. I think it's I think it's time we did this. We've been maybe yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, we've been maybe like this one dancing around this the last couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, it, it's time that we rank our Star Wars Star Wars movies uh, from least favorite to most favorite. Uh, I I put on Twitter last week that I kind of came up with this. It was a a method that I learned about uh, doing some other stuff in in life, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to apply it to the, to the to the ranking of my movies just to see how it worked out, and it was interesting. And I I the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think this is probably right. Um, this I think, is the way. I think you <clears throat> mentioned you might have uh, two lists here. I or was thinking you... about it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I I'll kind of talk 
talk you through it, my process. Yeah, here. yeah, I'll, 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 I'll talk through it too. So, yeah. So then, the one thing I wanted to mention about my list, and maybe this is going to be the same for yours, then. Um, I think that you can easily make two lists uh, when you're talking yeah. about ranking movies. For me, my list comes down to which movies I like better. Mm-hmm. You can also make a, a a list about which movies are the best made, and I think that that yes. could be two different two different lists. You know, uh, you can like a movie even if it's not the best made out of the, out of the saga or you know the series as a whole. Um, and you can not like a movie that maybe is still a well made movie. You know, mm-hmm. so th- there's two different ways to approach this and i approached my list uh by being a list of my favorite movies so i like it <clears throat> yeah i mean i i both um you know i i tried your your excel thing and it was definitely useful to help me figure this out because i both love and hate rankings um yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i love doing them they're a lot of fun but then when it comes down to it i sometimes struggle yeah and with Star Wars, there's really some that are kind of the kind of switch for me and are kind of interchangeable. And I'll talk a little bit about that when I, I do my list. Yeah. So uh, let me let me kind of mention how that. So uh, I made that Excel tool, and and basically what it does is it forces you to kind of look at each, each all the movies and kind of pair them up against each of the other movies. So you know you would take like the Phantom Menace and you would compare it against all other movies in the series as series as a whole. And I approached this by, you know, would I rather watch the Phantom Menace or a, another, another movie? And then you go down mm-hmm. the line, attack of the clones, revenge of the Sith, solo, but you know, all the way down to the end. And you kind of compare each movie against every other movie. And for me, like I said, I approached it as, do I like this movie better than the other movie? And so then what the Excel tool does then is it kind of counts up how many times you chose each movie and then ranks it based on that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that. I think I think my struggle with it was, okay, am I picking which movie I'd re- rather watch? Yeah, and or, it depends on... Or yeah. which movie that I think is better. You know what I mean? So that, yes, that was kind of right. where and my that, struggle came. Yeah, and that's, and that's where we're you know talking about two different mm-hmm. lists. Two different you know? lists, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like I said, I approached this as a list of my favorite movies. So I, I went with, you know, which movie I'd rather watch. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you want to kick it off? Let's uh, start with worst. Uh, well, and this is, so this is the other thing I want to mention. When we're <laughs> yeah, talking about definitely. worst, that doesn't mean that we don't like these movies. No, because let me say that I love every single Star Wars movie. <laughs> I mean, and I will watch I all of the all. prequels every time, mm-hmm. and I enjoy them every time. But they're yep. mostly at the bottom of my list. And there's also right. another another movie that we'll have to talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just because a, a movie is lower on on the, our list does not mean that we don't like it or don't think it's a good movie. Right. Absolutely. That's definitely one thing I wanted to preface this with was that I love all Star Wars movies. So how about this? Let's put it this way. Uh, Let's start with our number 11. Um, My number 11 is in... There's two movies at the bottom that I often alternate. (laughs) I was going to... Yeah, I put out on Twitter because everybody's been ranking their movies uh, over the last week and a half. (laughs) I said, if you put either of these two, I don't know, I know which ones you're bouncing back and forth between. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you put 
any other movie at the bottom of your list other than these two movies, you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> these two movies even... have to be at the bottom of the list, and you can put them in either order you want, but they have to be at the bottom of your list. So <laughs> Yes, this is now an objective truth. Um, the Phantom Menace I have at number 11. Okay. Um, okay. Sometimes I have Attack of the Clones at number 11, but, but right when I had to come down to it, um, there's things in attack of the clones that happened that i really like um that sometimes i like more than the sum of the phantom menace so um i have the phantom menace at number 11 okay cool i actually have attack of the clones at 11 Mm -hmm. um for me there's just a lot of things in that movie there's some pretty rough cgi there's some pretty rough um dialogue uh, yeah, some of my least favorite dialogue in the entire series happens in Attack of the Clones. The dialogue is atrocious. Um, it's es- very bad, especially it's... between Anakin and Padme. And their, their love that story fireside chat is yeah, it just doesn't work. It feels like it's trying to be Shakespearean, but it's not. Um... This is where you know when George talks about a space opera, this is where space opera gets amplified to twelve. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like over the top space opera. Yeah. Um, the, now, I think we can just talk about both the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones right now for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. So, with Attack of the Clones, the 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 reason I put it above Phantom Menace is because there's a lot of things I really like that happen in it yeah, that I yeah. wanted to see, like Obi Wan kind of being a detective and that whole mystery surrounding the creation of the clones. I really like um, sure. going to Camino. Um, I liked all that stuff about cloning um i thought it was really interesting um i love at the end when we have all the jedi showing up and you you see all the jedi in action for like the only time that we've ever seen that really in the movies right um and just the jedi at their height of their their i don't want to say their power necessarily but kind of um and then even though it's kind of one of those moments that's a little bit questionable um yoda in action and seeing him um you know being a great warrior Mm -hmm. as he's referred to um in the original trilogy and so there's there's a lot of things that i I really like about attack of the clones which is why i put it above the phantom menace because i think there's times when the phantom menace um drags a little bit and especially with the whole pod racing scene that just goes on for way too long in my opinion yeah um even though I like the Phantom Menace and I, I enjoy a lot of it, um, I feel like there's parts that kind of that dr- drag a little bit. Even though the dialogue is is better and, and the acting is better, Liam Neeson is probably the best part about that movie, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and it has the best lightsaber duel and one of the best anyway um, of all the Star Wars movies yeah, with Darth Maul. That's kind of where I ended up. Yeah, that's kind of where I ended yeah. up with the, uh, um, Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and you know even even Obi-Wan and you and McGregor in that movie is, is oh he's great still too. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoy the 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 practical effects of, you know of what we see there on Tatooine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's less computerized. It's less. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah cardboard jarring i guess I yeah mean, yeah and the because the cgi in attack of the clones really pulls you out of it a lot it, of the it time has you know, not it just it doesn't up. it doesn't feel authentic yeah. it doesn't feel real right you know yeah and you know for me that that's kind of where you know i i enjoy the political aspects of the 
prequels. I, I think that it's a very important story. I, I like mm-hmm. seeing that in the Phantom Menace. I, you know, I kind of like seeing how the Republic is operating at, at that time. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoy watching that stuff. I, I like you said, the the lightsaber duel uh, with Maul. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the best, you know, lightsaber action we've seen ever. And yeah. um, you know, the music uh, through that whole thing. I, I love, I love uh, the music through that whole thing. It's just there's a lot of things about one that I, I, I think that I, when I really look at it, I enjoy more than even the stuff about two. So. Yeah, there's certain, and like I mentioned, there's certain days yeah. where I would put Phantom Menace above the Attack of Clones. These yeah, two sure, are kind of, right. It's kind of like 10A and 10B almost for me. You know? Yeah, yeah, I um, see that, yeah. So, so number nine, what's your number nine? Solo is my number nine. Okay, okay. Um, I, I like Solo. I think it's a, a kind of a fun adventure movie. It's, um, you know, I, I enjoyed a lot about it. I think it's a pretty well-made film, even considering that it had like two different direct sets of directors on it. Um, but for me, it's one of those movies that I could take it or leave it. I mean, it, it, I didn't really need this one, even though I thought I did. Um, and I was excited yeah. about it. It, it. it never really quite landed for me in terms of being one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Right. So that that's why it's at nine for me, even though I think it's a pretty well-made movie and a lot of fun. Um, and I, there's a lot to like about it. I just, it just never really, is on the level never it didn't feel like it was on the level of some of the other ones for me you're not gonna like my number nine uh i'm sure i'm sure it is the last <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it is and like i said it's not that i think it's a bad movie uh, it's a it's a well-made movie it's just that for me when i look at the last jedi there's parts that i really like and then there's parts that i really really don't like Mm-hmm. And the parts that I that I really really don't like, unfortunately, overshadow the parts that I do like. Yeah, and I I can't consciously put it anywhere lower than nine. Uh, but when I, when I look at the rest of the movies, because of those parts that I really just don't like, I would rather watch some of those other movies. So sure, sure, yeah. When it comes um, down to that, I I can understand that. But like I said, uh, but like I said before, that does not mean that I think this is a bad movie or that I hate it because I don't hate it. Uh, it's just for me that it, it it for me at this point in my life, that's where it has to fall. Yeah, and again, we know that this is a very divisive movie. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of people yeah. that, that love it and think it is among the best Star Wars movies, and then there's and a I'm, lot of people who feel the opposite. So I'm not um, going to disagree with anybody. I know it's going to be a lot higher for right. you. I'm not going disagree- to. It's pretty high for me. I'm not going to yeah, lie. I'm so. not going to disagree with anybody. It's just it's a personal yeah. opinion thing. So absolutely. Uh, my uh, number eight was Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty close to yours and like and i'll just echo everything you said about solo it's a fun movie yeah. it didn't need to be told on screen uh right it was a fun movie i would like to see a, a sequel to it in some mm-hmm. form or fashion to tie up some of those things that it left open i think alden aaron uh, aaron rig I, I, I can i always stumble on that name um, it's tricky but i think he did every bit as as well as you could hope uh to do in in picking off the mantle of han solo Oh yeah, I think he did. I think he did great. I don't, I don't have a problem at all with his performance. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it actually. I enjoyed Woody Harrelson, it, it, his character. You know, um, seeing Maul at the end was unexpected but fun. 
Yeah. It's the whole thing about it. It's a fun movie. It's not a bad movie. And No, not no, it's not not a bad movie. And I mean and the reason I have it above you know, Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace is because it is a better film. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it's yeah, definitely. it's better made, better put together, you know, right. just the acting and and all that stuff is is just better. You yeah. Know, so uh, in your, my opinion. Your number 8. My number 8 is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um again, uh, for me the the first half of Revenge of the Sith is a little bit, um, I don't know. I, I there, there's some, th- I, there, there's still some things with the CGI and with the dialogue, yeah. Yeah, things that, that I can't get past and that I that I struggle with. Um, I'm even, I'm not a fan of, you know, people talk about loving the opening of Revenge of the Sith, and and while I I'm like gonna, it, I'm I don't talk love about it. that in um, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's not one of my favorite you know, space scenes even or anything like that. And in the whole elevator scene, it just feels really, I don't know, off to me. Um, and, and just stuff about it that, that I can't get past. But I will say that the last half of Revenge of the Sith, I absolutely love. I think it is some of the has some of the best Star Wars stuff in it from Order 66 on. I think it's some of the most well-paced, best edited Star Wars that, that George Lucas did. Um, and it's emotional and it's um it's 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 great. So, you know, that's why I have it above some of those other ones, but it's still kind of low on my list just because of some of the issues that I have with it. Cool. Uh so uh your number seven then. My number seven is is very controversial. And in, in, in talking about um if this was a different list, you know, if th- if this wasn't my favorites. Um, if it was, you know, best made movies in the saga, this would be higher. Um, but for me, my number seven is A New Hope, and okay. a lot of okay. people would put this in their top three. And and I it, it it and I would probably if I we were talking about you know just quality of filmmaking. Um, I think A New Hope sets the stage for everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was the beginning. It, it is so significant, and it changed the way movies are, are made. Um, and the impact it had on culture is yeah. just yeah. immense. Um, but for me, it's it's kind of, I don't know, I always, like I told you this, I always kind of fall asleep while watching this movie. I think it's kind of kind of slow in parts and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot I love about it. I love the stuff between Obi-Wan and Luke and their, you know, him explaining the Jedi to, to Luke and everything and, and giving him the lightsaber. and um, there's just a, a lot I really enjoy about A New Hope. Yeah, uh, I'll give my thoughts on that in just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven is Revenge of the Your Sith. Number yeah, Revenge Your number seven? Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it made it a little bit higher for me because uh, I really do actually enjoy that movie. Um, I, I I like the opening scene. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned it, it wasn't great for you. I, I, I think for me it's a lot of fun. I yeah. like the space battle. I do actually like some of the inside the of uh, Grievous's uh, ship. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of calls back to you know uh, Obi Wan and Anakin, uh, Clone Wars style. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, buddy uh, action scenes type thing. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so for me, it kind of calls back to to that type of thing, which is so I, I enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then like you said, the last the last hour of that movie is just wonderfully done i I love it it is it is it's Uh, great so 
so that's my number seven. Uh, number six for me, since since we're talking about this a little bit, is uh, A New Hope. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll kind of echo the same things you, you said. Uh, the one thing I want to add, though, is that every time you're talking about a George Lucas-directed Star Wars movie, dialogue always comes up. And yeah. so some of the pacing yeah. of the dialogue in A New Hope is very rough. Right. Yeah, that's the one area George um, some really struggles the, with, and he's a great storyteller. Yeah, and, and yeah, right. His, like you said, his storytelling, his imagination is, you know, maybe some some of the best out there. Uh, but, Absolutely. But, but when he actually gets behind the camera to to actually direct a movie, mm-hmm. it's it's rough. And, and writing the dialogue, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's rough, and, and like you said, it, it yeah. does drag sometimes too. I've definitely fallen mm-hmm. asleep during you know, some of that stuff, uh, and and even like it, it feels like after they escape the Death Star that that's the end of the movie, but it's not. You still have a whole act right. after that, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me, it's it's a little lower than most, uh, and and again, just like I said, I would rather watch some of these other movies. So. Yeah, that's yeah. Just when it comes to rewatchability, mm-hmm. that's why I think it's lower on my list because yeah. it's not one that I I want to pick up and, and watch again above right. some of the other ones. So that's that's why you can, have to be careful about these lists. You don't mix up like best made versus favorite. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah. a lot of people do that. And so it, yeah, because I can totally see why somebody would have this movie near the top of their list if, right. if they're talking about yeah. you know when you're talking um, about pop culture and you know, yeah, yeah. significance and, and things like that then you have to put it higher on on, on your list right for but sure for me when i'm talking about my favorite movies it, it's it's lower so mm-hmm. i mean not low i mean that's that's kind of middle of the list so yeah yeah so you're number six well what I'm going to say is four, five, and six right now are, are really difficult for me because that's where the sequel trilogy falls for me in four, five, and six. Okay. Um, and so they're kind of interchangeable as well. Um, okay. You know, if I'm talking about like what movie would I want to watch right now, it would be The Rise of Skywalker just because it's, it's recent and okay. it's the newest one and it's the one that I want to go back and watch right now. But um, yeah. so this part of my list is a little tricky with how I approached it. And this is where I kind of looked at, okay, how do I, like a, a year from now, how do I feel these movies are going to be ranked for yeah, me? Yeah, right. You know? Right. Um, so that's how I kind of had to look at this. And so I put The Rise of Skywalker at number six. Okay. Um, just because, you know, in the second time I saw it, I absolutely loved it. Third time I still did. The first time, you know, I had kind of a negative reaction just because of some of the, like the pacing is, it feels rushed at times. There's some... Right. convenient plot devices here and there and some of it feels like you know they jj did the best with what he had but you know ryan johnson even though i love the last jedi presented some challenges for jj and, yeah, and he kind of right. had to it, it feels like the emperor was kind of inserted as an afterthought um and sometimes doesn't feel like a continuation of the last jedi but you know it, it feels like kind of a maybe a sequel to the force awakens but um there's a lot of stuff I love about the rise of Skywalker. There's a few minutes, a few moments that, that brought me to tears. Um, yeah, I yeah. love how it ended. Um, you know, one of my only issues, what we talked about was where at the end, it's similar to return of the Jedi and what happens at the end in the throne room with Luke. And I feel like it was done better in return of the Jedi than it was in the rise of Skywalker. Okay. Um, cool. cool. So that's why I have, 
Rise of Skywalker at six right now. Nice, nice. Um, your five. What's your five? My five is The Force Awakens. Um, okay. I I think The Force Awakens is just such a Star Wars movie, and I I think yeah that JJ brought back the excitement. Um, this is you know one of the the biggest box office hits in history um maybe just behind endgame in, in some areas and maybe ahead of endgame and in, in the domestic i'm not sure i'd have to look at the numbers um and i think it just really brought back the excitement of star wars i love the opening moments of this movie um the first half hour is just so strong in my opinion the introduction of our new characters like ray and finn and poe worked so well and i just fell in love with those characters and it really made me care about them and um you know the middle of the force awakens can be a little bit of a struggle but then you know when we get to the end we get to that you know kind of space battle and then lightsaber duel and and i loved all that yeah, uh, my five is uh, Rise of Skywalker. So, mm-hmm. um, for most of the same reasons that you talked about, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a really fun movie, uh, and it, it's definitely not the strongest of that of that trilogy by far. Right, but uh, you know, it for me, it definitely does. It definitely deserves to be. It, it's definitely kind of around in the middle of a, of a of a favorites list for me. So, uh, I would I would probably rather watch the Rise of Skywalker definitely than than a New Hope. So it kind of just kind of mm-hmm. crept up there a little bit because of that, I guess. Um, yeah, same here. I had it just above a New Hope for that reason. Yeah. 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 So we are on to number four. Number four. Um, my number four is the Last Jedi. Okay, um, cool. You know, you you know how I feel about this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I I th- I think it is. Even though it, it works for some people, it really landed for me. Um, this on multiple viewings. Um, it's the movie that I kept going back to and and wanting to watch over and over again, just because I feel it's a really emotionally complex story. I think it has some of the best performances from the actors. Um, I think that you know the the opening space kind of space battle with with poe and everything is one of my favorite that's one of my favorite space scenes in star wars um i love everything with the bombing run i love how ryan johnson made me care about a character that i had no idea who it was with um rose tico's sister i think Paige. um the way that shot the way that it just made me care about that character that i had no idea who it was um and i just think there's a lot of moments that i really loved from this movie um it challenged me made me think about things in a different way and it surprised me um and i think it really tried to push star wars in a in a fresh direction and um i love the stuff with with ray and kylo ren and luke um I, i love all that stuff and i love the scene with luke and yoda um you know, I love the ending. So th- there's just there's a couple things I don't like about it. Canto bite I don't like, and broom boy at the end. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, <laughs> but but other than that, I, I I love this movie. Cool. Uh, my number four is Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely when you look at the some of the best made 
the movies from this era of Star Wars, that has to be actually higher than number four. Yeah, Rogue uh, One's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's really not much I don't like about Rogue One. Uh, it, it, it's it's a really well made movie. I love some of the score in Rogue One. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when when you look at Star Wars movies and shows that aren't actually Skywalker saga stuff. Um, you know, so so much of that music is always so familiar. Yeah. And when you get into different things like with Mandalorian or Rogue One or Solo, it just kind of you know maybe it's it's interesting to see how the different music can affect you but for me rogue one i think had a beautiful score um it did it is it's it's one that really grew on me and yeah i, I love listening to that music yeah uh and i really don't have anything bad to say about rogue one it's just that when i look at movies that, that i get really excited to watch there's there's three mm-hmm. there's three above that 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 yeah i keep coming back to so so I'll just continue this Rogue One trend because my number three is Rogue One. Yep. Um, I think it is the best Star Wars movie in the in the Disney era. Um, yeah. I think it it really feels like Star Wars in it, but it does something different with Star Wars. It has different characters um, that we're not familiar with, which I think was was a strength because you know yeah. you just have all these new yeah. characters and you're not really relying on any of the the legendary characters that we grew up with other than Vader. Darth Vader, which I feel is used so perfectly in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with the, that hallway scene with Vader is just what we've kind of always, I think want a lot of us have wanted to see with Darth Vader, just unleashing the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it, it perfectly leads into a new hope. It feels like the seamless transition into a new hope. Um, yeah. And, I just love Rogue One. I've mentioned before it's it's my wife's favorite Star Wars movie and every time I go back and watch it I just feel all these emotions and I feel like wow this is so good. Yeah. Um yeah. So that that's why it's at number 3 for me. I will say and maybe if there's one thing that kind of pushes it down a little bit more I don't really enjoy the CGI characters like Tarkin and, and Leia. Yeah, that stuff kind of does pull you. I out mean, a it's really bit. well done, and I don't want to yeah, like, it fault is, it, it for that. It but is, I but just, it's still noticeable. Yeah, and yeah, um, it was a bold choice. It, it just, you know, yeah, it was a bold choice, Cotton. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, it just—I would almost rather have seen Tarkin recast. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I, think I don't come with you on that. Yes, yeah. it is noticeable. Yeah. Uh, my number three is actually The Force Awakens. And, nice. you know, when I first did this list, that was probably my biggest surprise, uh, mm-hmm. was how high The Force Awakens ended up in that list. Right. But when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? It kind of fits. Because even back when Force Awakens first came out, it when I was making a list back then, it was number three. The Force Awakens was the num- my number three Star Wars movie for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and until recently, when I really went back and re- rewatched Rogue One and The Last Jedi, and yeah. it just kind of those those ones bumped like, up a little bit. But. I think for me, some of the stuff that you mentioned earlier just kind of makes it makes it that way. I could rewatch The Force Awakens and, and love it every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, kind, it's it's great. It, it was, you know, it it kind of 
reawoken a, a Star Wars love for me as well. Yeah. Not that I didn't yeah. love Star Wars prior to that, because, you know, there was... Right. But it had been such a lull in between major movies, I guess. And then yeah. when that thing came out, it was just, like, fire uh, spreading everywhere. You know, it was... And that feeling watching that movie for the first time, seeing the the reaction to it everywhere else, mm -hmm. you know, it it really for me, uh it, it kicked off that, that love of Star Wars and, and made it even deeper, I guess. So um Yeah, absolutely. I can I can definitely even see the Force Awakens eventually going back up there to number three for me too. I think yeah. it's um, awesome. So yeah, I was kind of surprised by that one, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know what? That uh, three is probably a pretty good place for that for me. Yep. So you're can't argue with that. Yeah, uh, you're number two. My number two is Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah. I, I think some people have Return of the Jedi lower, and I never understood the complaints about Return of the Jedi. Maybe if I was a little bit older and, and you know, at that time watched it when it came out maybe i'd feel differently but i think a lot of people had issues with the ewoks but yeah you know when i when i first saw return of the jedi i was a kid mm -hmm. um so i you know i wasn't bothered by the ewoks or anything um i kind of enjoy that part um i i love the beginning of return of the jedi with the rescue mission it almost feels like its own kind of little mini movie within this movie yeah um yeah. I, I've mentioned before, I love Luke showing up hooded and just being a Jedi and, you know, R2 shooting the lightsaber out and Luke grabs it. And th that whole scene, I love the music and everything. Um, I love the throne room scene at the end. And the this, I think the third act of this movie is one of the best third acts in cinema history um, with the confrontation with the emperor um, paired with the ground battle and the space battle going on. It's just, I love return of the jedi yeah uh for me number two is empire strikes back mm -hmm. yeah and i know that a lot of people this is going to be higher than number two for them it's, it's yeah. only one spot above number two right. um but you know it, it's i guess as close to perfect as you can get for a star wars movie uh and mm -hmm. maybe it's not totally perfect but it's about as, sure. as i think it's like i said it's as close as you're going to get yeah um, there's nothing bad to say at all about Empire Strikes Back. It's it's perfectly uh, perfect quality Star Wars movie. So, mm -hmm. and I I think too. So go you can just go ahead and yeah, make that your number, number one. one. Is, yep, is the Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know I I think not only is in my opinion is this you know the best Star Wars movie ever made, but I think it's one of the best films ever made. Um, I think that the way that it as a sequel to a new hope just took the story to new heights. Um, I think it has everything in a movie that you could possibly want. You know, it has action adventure comedy, a great love story, um, you know, a great villain. And it just has all those things that make a movie great. Um, you know, I just the the lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader and the implications of that twist um where he reveals that he's his father um i just think it has so many great things in it As some of my favorite one of my favorite scenes of all time is luke being trained by yoda and you know yoda lifting the x-wing out of the water and just showing him that you know it's not about 
it, size matters not, you know, it's all about belief. And, um, I just, yeah. I just love all the mythology of it. So that's why it is my number one. Yeah. Uh, my number one is return of the Jedi. And for most of the same reasons that you said before, mm-hmm. the only thing that I'll add to what you said before is probably what puts it above, uh, Empire Strikes Back for me is the uh, redemption story uh, of Anakin yeah. uh, bringing mm-hmm. him back to the light. Um, actually, still some of my favorite Star Wars music ever is the uh, throne room uh, music, and esp- and especially that yeah. that final you know where Luke kind of unleashes his anger. Um, mm-hmm. I love love that music, and it it just chills every time I hear it. Um, absolutely I couldn't agree more yeah so for me uh, that kind of just kind of nudges it above Empire Strikes Back for me so let's do this real quick since since, since this was a, a long talk uh, I'm just going to recap my list and uh, let you do, do the same uh, so for me uh, from 11 to 1 is Attack of the Clones uh, 10 Phantom Menace 9 Last Jedi 8 Solo Seven, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, six, A New Hope. Five is, uh, where is it? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Four, Rogue One. Three, Force Awakens. Two, Empire Strikes Back. And one, Return of the Jedi. And for me, I had at 11, The Phantom Menace. 10, Attack of the Clones. Nine, Solo. Eight, Revenge of the Sith. Seven, A New Hope. Six, The Rise of Skywalker. Five, The Force Awakens. Four, The Last Jedi, three, Rogue One, two, Return of the Jedi, and my number one being The Empire Strikes Back. Awesome. Well, this was a lot so of fun. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah definitely. It was a lot of fun. So, Adam, do you want to get us out of here? Yep, let's wrap it up. I'm just glad you're here. Okay, uh, thank you again for tuning in to uh, our podcast from a certain point of view. Uh, just like every week, I'm going to remind you to check out our website from a certain point of view.com. I know I've got a, uh, a blog article ready to, ready to fire at any moment here, and I just have to hit the, <laughs> hit the publish button on it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We uh, are on Twitter, and we've been uh, doing some stuff on Twitter lately. Uh, at certain POV pod. We're also on Facebook uh, from a certain point of view. Our fan page is right there. And then the Discord server. Remember to join in the uh, the Discord server as well. Uh, so Josh, uh, once again, this has been a really fun episode. I'm glad we finally got a chance to rank our our Star Wars movies. And, uh, you know, aside from the, uh, the uh, day-to-day changes on those, that'll probably stay the same for another couple of years, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple there that could, you know, like I said before, could be interchangeable, but I think overall that's uh that, that is my list. And um, I've definitely, I think we could have maybe done a whole episode on our, our star Wars ranking, but I hopefully yeah, yeah, probably. Um, you guys have, have stuck with us till the end here. And just remember that until next time the force will be with you always.